Hardman, if you're, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably follow me on Twitter at ch hardman, and I am here with Micah. Yep, hello, Micah. Um, I'm on Twitter at running Micah. So we've been talking about starting a podcast for a while, and yep. uh, instead of continuing to talk about it, I just got some microphones and we got set up and we started. So we really don't have a plan here. We're just kind of <laughs> winging it. I mean, we have a a general guideline, but we're just we're just going for it. So, with that being said, we don't have a name yet. We are a nameless podcast, but we will have a name. If you if you have a suggestion for a name, tweet at me or yeah, Micah. We'd love to hear it. But if you don't, that's fine. We'll come up with one. So, we're going to talk about morning routines in our first episode. So, to give you a little background on me i'll start then i'll let micah tell you a little bit about him so i'm chris hardman i um worked in the health industry slash still do um, on the side for about 10 years now a little over 10 years and i did coaching helped with nutrition stuff I, i was more focused on the nutrition side than the exercise side um and that was great and i enjoyed it and then in my last company, I had the chance to teach some of that in something I called Life Academy, which has now changed to Ascended Life. Um, but during that, I taught a class on morning routines. And the people in the class kept asking me for a guide of what I taught them that they could take home. So ultimately, that ended up in me writing a book called Morning Shouldn't Suck. Um all about morning routines and the different things you can do for your morning routines. If you want to get the book, it's on morningroutines.co. You can find the book there. But that is why we are talking about morning routines is because it is easy for me to talk about in our first episode. And that's the truth. <laughs> what about you, Micah? Um, so I'm just a... Uh... You know, I'm into athletics, running, weightlifting, and uh, sports, being active. Let me just interrupt and say Micah is a good runner. I don't think he's going to say it about himself, but he's fast. He's good. <laughs> I'm, I'm okay. I'm not super fast. but um, So I've got a lot of experience with being active and, you know, taking care of your body and stuff. I've been running for uh, probably just over 10 years. So... You did some coaching, right? Yeah, I coached for a couple of years. Uh, some uh, helped coach at a high school, and then um, yeah, now I'm just doing my own thing for now. But um, yeah, just running and weightlifting, nutrition. You have any big races coming up? Um, next year, I'm doing the Squaw Peak 50 mile trail run. Sweet. So just here in Provo, Utah. Um, it's a big one. I ran it a few years ago, but I actually didn't finish. But so I'm going back to... You said a 50 miler? Yeah. Okay. So I'm going back to make amends and finish the race. Nice. And so it should be good. I'm excited to awesome. train for that. Hopefully it happens. <laughs> yeah. When is it? It's in June. Yeah. Hopefully by so then you'll yeah. actually be able to run. Yeah, it should be good by then. Speaking of which, because that's connected to the virus, I have a question that I want answered. I don't know if you'll have an answer. Somebody on Twitter was harassing me about the vaccine that's coming out, and I said I wasn't going to get it. Ever, probably. (laughs) (laughs) Not just initially. But anyways, I did not engage this guy very much, but he really was passionate about his vaccines. And I asked him this question, and he ignored it. And, and I'm sincerely asking for any of you who are listening, 
if you have an answer to this or if you have one Micah tell me because I've been thinking about this and I don't have an answer so tweet at me at ch hardman h-a-r-d-m-a-n if the vaccine works and this dude gets the vaccine then why does he care if I get it because it should prevent him from getting it right I'm the only one who can get it now is that not is that not true um I think so I don't know a whole lot I mean I'm not like a I'm not a scientist but logically that seems to make sense to me yeah I think the worry would just be that if unless everyone on the planet gets the vaccine but you then you not getting the vaccine would still carry on the virus so unless everyone gets the vaccine then those who don't get the vaccine can still get sick so the virus but the people who do get the away. vaccine shouldn't get sick right if it works yeah i guess so so why do they care if i get sick <laughs> i don't know i don't know if you have an answer let me know i've always wanted to know the answer to that question and i don't have one anyways <laughs> enough of the vaccines <laughs> yeah um, so tell me about your morning routine you said it's kind of sporadic yeah generally i like to uh, wake up eat kind of a just a small breakfast and then get out on a run and uh, depending on the day i'll either just run or i'll run to the gym do a workout and run home how long are you usually running in the morning Um, distance most mornings i'm doing uh, between four and six miles so is that like a for me, that would be a hard workout because I never run. Is that just like a moderate workout for you? Yeah, I take it it's easy. I take it pretty easy. I don't I don't push it very hard or anything unless. Um, so actually, in two weeks, I'm gonna start doing some, like track interval. Kind of stuff and some harder runs, but okay. that's only gonna be once or twice a week. But so most runs are just pretty easy, slow pace and stuff. Okay. Um, but then I get home. Uh, I'll eat another breakfast, and uh, I usually try and read something. Usually it ends up being, like, scriptures and stuff, but um, if not, you know, I've got plenty of books I need to get through. So I try and read and then shower and get ready for the day, go to work. Awesome. How long does it usually take you to do it all? Uh, Usually that's, like, an hour and a half to two hours. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. What's what's your morning routine like right now? Uh, right now, it's been bad. So my morning routine is really focused around a morning walk in as the sun comes up, a sunrise walk. Oh, okay. Because sunlight is so good for you, especially first thing in the morning. In fact, most people don't know all of the melatonin is made during those hours. And there's more melatonin made if you're getting that morning sunlight so you actually sleep better at night um so that's kind of what i focus my morning routine around is that activity but it's been like 15 degrees in the morning now yeah it's getting real cold and eventually this happens every winter it takes me a little bit to get used to it and there's like a few weeks when it starts to get cold I get really bad and I stop doing it because I'm like I wake up I'm like I'm not going out there it's 15 (laughs) degrees uh so it's like three times a week maybe I'm doing that instead of every day but I'll do that I'll do my sunrise walk while I'm doing that I am typically listening to some kind of book or podcast these days I am listening to um some affirmations from a from a twitter friend of mine like he, he records them and you listen or yeah it's called terminate okay uh he sells it on gumroad his twitter handle is d-e-j-a-r-u-22 he is pretty well known on this side of twitter but i've been listening to that every morning and night it's pretty good i recommend it so i'm usually doing that while i'm walking um, how far do you walk usually or how long it depends on the day sometimes i 
want some morning caffeine. So I'm going to go get an energy drink at a grocery store that's about a mile and a half away. So I'll walk there and come back. It takes, I don't know, 45 minutes. But uh, Other days, if I'm not doing that, it's just like around my neighborhood for half an hour or something. So a little shorter. Uh, then I get back and I will do some kind of stretching or movement. Um, I just got a massage gun, so I've been using that in the mornings, which is great. Oh, I highly recommend it. That's something that's not in my book because I had not used one when I wrote the book. <laughs> but you should do that if you if you have the opportunity. Uh, and then I'll read something, some scriptures, or I usually do a little bit of religious reading and then also something more worldly. And that's just for 10 to 15 minutes. I don't do that very long. And then I uh, start working. That's it. <laughs> These days. Yeah. It used to be much more elaborate. But it's kind of uh, whittled down to just some basic things for the time being. Yeah, that's okay. Definitely we don't want to overcomplicate your mornings or anything. Right. It's important to keep it simple. And that's a big part of the book is how to do all of that because there's a lot like i said i used to do a lot but you can do it all in a small time frame still mm -hmm. if you start stacking things yeah um so it doesn't have to be complicated and it doesn't have to take a long time i'm curious because a big part of mornings is sleeping right do you do anything to help sleep better what's your sleeping routine like um i mean i try and I keep my phone away from where I sleep. I usually, it's usually still in my room, but I plug it in across the room so I'm not staying up all night on it. And then um, besides that, I just try and keep my eyes closed. I just lay down and simple. Just close my eyes and think, <laughs> okay. yeah. That works. So yeah. if that works, that works. That's great. Yep. I uh, lately have been, when the sun goes down, I put on my blue light blocking glasses which has helped a ton. Okay. You're if you put those on when the sun goes down, you're like ready to sleep <laughs> in a couple hours. You're dead. Mm. Uh then I take there's a bunch of supplements I take. I take lysine before I go to bed. Uh sometimes mugwort. Glycine every night and then I like switch the other stuff up. Okay. Because I like to have crazy dreams and I'm yeah. always trying to like find the right combination. <laughs> But it's mostly the light. If you can block out the light at night, you're, you're doing yourself a huge favor yeah. for your sleep quality. Yeah. Yeah, our room gets pretty dark, so we always keep it real dark. We used to watch movies at night, but we'd wake up in the middle of the night all the time with like, the TV still on or whatever. Yeah. So once we started doing that, our sleep like really improved a lot. And... I mean, my wife hasn't been as good lately because she's pregnant, but yeah. Um, once we got rid of that, overall, it did improve. So it's yeah, definitely good sure. to not have the light. At some point, they're going to look back on our time period and just be shocked that we use the lights we use. Yeah. Because they're destroying us. <laughs> so at night, especially, if you can cut them out, that's great. But at least get some blue light blocking glasses. Yeah. That makes it easy. Then you can still watch your TV and stuff and you're not getting the blue light at least. Right. Yeah. The real hardcore people, people like Ben Greenfield, who really care about this stuff, they're lighting their houses with candles or they get the red light bulbs. Man. And so at nighttime, it's like, I mean, you're living in medieval times. <laughs> it's just candles lighting the way, which is kind of cool. I'm not against that. Yeah. Return to tradition and stuff. <laughs> Get rid of all of our modern lights and just go back to candles. Yeah, that might not be too bad. Don't want to burn your house down, though. Yeah. If you fall asleep with the candles on. Yeah, I don't think most people would even even be able to function like that anymore. That's true. Too convenient to have the lights. We're too soft. <laughs> you understand that I'm saying people are so soft that they would... They would consider lighting a candle harder than flipping the switch on their house, <laughs> so they're not going to do it. 
it's insane yeah it's not like it would be that i'm a a hypocrite because i've never lit my house with candles right right we don't have a bunch of candles either but it'd be cool though i want to so get some good sleep that's going to help your morning routine yeah i usually actually try and get some movement in at night too i think that helps that's good like tire me out stretching before you go to bed or something yeah i'll foam roll before i go to bed and do some stretching but that's always good yeah i don't do that at night like i should but i want to yeah it's helpful that's for sure um you said you do foam rolling mm-hmm. do you do so when you do it are you doing like a specific muscle group or are you just kind of all over um i mostly just foam roll my legs i've never really figured out how to foam roll my upper body and i don't usually feel like i need to okay but it's, so it's mostly just legs yeah. okay cool just all all over on my legs sweet but okay right. so you've gotten a good night's rest now when you wake up the next morning you're ready to go because you slept well you have energy when you wake up you can do a lot of different things we briefly talked about some of them when we talked about our routines um one of the questions i always get is what do you do for breakfast because most people think that breakfast is the important most important meal of the day i won't necessarily argue with that we can get into intermittent fasting stuff later if you want um if you are doing intermittent fasting i recommend personally that you still eat breakfast and you fast at night you skip dinner it's harder for social reasons, but it's better for you. As far as weight loss goes, that would definitely. Yeah. Um, most people are doing it the opposite. They're skipping breakfast and eating lunch and dinner. Just something to think about. We can go deeper into it maybe later this podcast or another podcast. I don't know. But what I want to know is what do you eat for breakfast? Do you try and stay healthy? Or are you just like a stack of pancakes with some syrup? Um. I, I try and stay healthier now. I used to be real bad. I used to, <laughs> like a few years ago, I'd wake up and I'd grab a Pop-Tart before my run and that would be my main thing. But, and then, yeah, we would have tons of we have cereal and pancakes and stuff, yeah. And now I usually try and do um, eggs and like sometimes I'll do toast. Like, it's usually pretty simple, but, like, scrambled eggs. You're telling me you eat bread? Yeah, I do eat bread. That's disgusting. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I know you carnivores can't can't touch the stuff. I've only been carnivore for, like, three weeks. I don't, (laughs) you know, don't include me in that yet. We'll see if I make it the full seven weeks. Yeah, we actually get uh, rosemary sourdough bread, so. Okay, okay. Sourdough's fine. (laughs) Uh, That's, like, the only bread I'm cool with. Okay. So, yeah, usually I'll try and do, like, a toast and eggs maybe some bacon um if i've just finished working out usually i'm not hungry right after running i usually have to wait a little bit so usually right after my run i'll just have like a a shake or something so that i can still get some protein and calories but it's not really filling because i'm not feeling very hungry yet i feel sick if i eat too soon after i run actually but so lately i've been doing like some it's usually just like heavy cream some protein powder um a few eggs and um i'll put either peanut butter or vanilla or a banana so i know one time you told me you put ice cream in your shakes do you still do it uh i haven't in a while there was a while where i made pretty every shake i made i put a whole bunch of ice cream in and i was i mean i was kind of trying to bulk up a little bit so that was like my main. I'm not hating. Excuse. Ice cream's my favorite food, and I'm just jealous that I can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I know it was. It's like not definitely not the healthiest thing. And well, the funny thing is, I'd put in ice cream, but I'd still put in like spinach and like stuff that was healthy to try and like counteract it. But I don't know. If uh, Spinach Bra on Twitter is listening to this, <laughs> you can now mix spinach with ice cream. Yeah, it's fine. It's a right. thing. Right. He'll be excited. I'm not going to do it, but Micah does it, so it's fine. That's like the main green that I would mix when I make shakes. So 
I think it's one of the best ones. But I hate spinach. As far as shakes go, <laughs> it's really? disgusting. I like. I don't like cooked spinach, but apart from cooked spinach, it's probably like one of my favorite leafy greens. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, it sounds like you got a decent breakfast going on. Yeah. Yeah. How's your breakfast going? So my breakfast is raw eggs. That's it. That's it. Six raw eggs, some water, and some glycine. Sometimes if I have extra raw milk, I'll throw that in. Hmm. It just depends if I'm getting low or not. Uh, But that's it. Eggs and milk, I blend it up for like five seconds so that I can actually drink it. Wow. I just chug it. Done. See, most of my eggs are cooked. It takes 30 seconds. It's great. (laughs) I make the shakes they're raw, but yeah, I have to yeah. flavor them. I can't just drink them like yeah. that. They're really not that bad. I mean, the thought of it is disgusting and the texture is pretty bad. That's I have to blend them up. If I try and drink them, like if I just crack six eggs into a cup and try and drink them, I can't do it because it's so gross. Yeah. Just the, the way that they like, they don't break up. It's like the whole egg is going down your throat. <laughs> And there's five of them and you can't like mix them. So yeah. I mix them up and so then gross. it's just like a smoothie and it's fine. They don't really have a flavor. They just take on the flavor of whatever you put in them. Yeah, that's true. So try raw eggs. Raw egg nationalism is a thing. We will take over the world one day. You'll see. <laughs> so that's it. That's all I do for breakfast. But just these eggs. days, because I'm doing the carnivore diet, I know I just said you shouldn't skip breakfast, but I am. I'm usually not eating until like noon. Hmm. So I don't know if it counts as breakfast anymore. Either way, that's what I'm doing. Okay. What What do you think is important for a breakfast? So like for setting up for the rest of the day, if you're not on any kind of special diet or anything. If you're not on any special kind of diet, you're trying to get energy and you're trying to stay full i guess you don't want to get hungry like two hours later Mm -hmm. so with that in mind you're going to want high uh, nutrient dense food that has fat and protein so i mean eggs are like perfect there i really can't think of a better food to eat in the morning than eggs yeah but you could do some eggs and some raw milk or like some kefir goat kefir goat milk's really great You've been drinking goat milk, haven't you? Uh, a little bit. It's kind of. Do you hate it? I got one brand and it wasn't too bad, but then I got another one that was local, and I it's just hard to get used to, I guess. Yeah, you don't like it. It's got some, yeah, it's got some weird like aftertastes that are too, like it, it almost like it tastes goaty, like <laughs> I'm licking the goat or Sometimes something. Sometimes with my even my raw cow milk. It kind of tastes like grass. <laughs> like I can taste what they ate in the milk, you know? Yeah. So I know what you're saying. So I've only been doing it a little bit. I haven't, I've still got like a half gallon at home that I haven't touched in like a week probably. Yeah. I need to finish it or I need to get used to it because I know it's better for me, but right. it's easier to digest. And yeah. Stuff. Well, that's an option. Go milk, kefir, but like high quality kefir, not not there's kefir out there that's just loaded with sugar. You don't want that in the morning. Yeah, just some plain kefir from some grass fed cows. You're good to go. Eggs. You could have meat if you wanted, I guess, like a steak. Yeah. If you have, if you can have a steak for breakfast every morning, more power to you. You should do it. Uh, but you're gonna want to avoid like the carbs, the pancakes, and the the really good breakfast foods, waffles, that's the stuff you shouldn't be eating. <laughs> Sugary syrups. They're just going to spike your glucose and then you're going to crash two hours later and you're going to be tired your whole day because of it. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I used to be, when I would eat breakfast in the mornings, if I didn't skip it or whatever, I was hungry like a couple hours later. And it's because, you know, Pop-Tarts, sugar cereals and waffles and stuff like that. But now that I've been mostly eating, you know, eggs and uh, bacon and stuff like that for breakfast, I don't, I usually don't get hungry until, you know, it's actually time to eat lunchtime. Yeah, exactly. But Those carbs just destroy you. Yeah. They destroy your energy. I'm not, I'm not as like anti-carb as some people, but in the morning for breakfast, 
I would recommend you avoid them. Save them for dinner time and just have like a sweet potato, not a ton of carbs, not French fries or onion rings, something healthy. That's my opinion. Anyways, uh, so that's breakfast. Got anything else about breakfast you want to cover? You want to talk about? Um, I think those are the main things with breakfast. Just try and keep it, you know, high protein, some fats. Good quality fats. Yeah, quality fats. That's for sure. Avocados are good for the quality fats. But yeah, if you're a if you're a vegan and you hate yourself because of it, I guess you can eat an avocado. <laughs> I think you should just eat butter, straight butter. Grass get grass fed butter. And eat it straight. It's actually not bad. <laughs> Doesn't sound very good. It's it's not as bad as you would think. Okay. It tastes pretty good, especially. <laughs> so I've really only done it when I've had raw meat. I'll have raw butter with the meat. Mm-hmm. It's like a really good balance. They I pair mean, well together. Yeah. I mean, if you have a high quality butter, then it shouldn't be more than technically just cream. Right. So it's not like that bad for you but it's these you know the process let me let me just say it's not bad for you at all (laughs) if you have good quality butter right right then it's just a good animal product but there's too many processed fake butters and yeah make sure you're getting good butter don't get margarine yeah if it's got more than like three ingredients don't buy it yeah that's a good rule for any food right less ingredients the better generally yeah Get them, get them local if you can. Get them from a, a local farm who's gr- doing some like good sustainable growth. Stuff like Joel Salatin is doing. It's great stuff. If you don't know who Joel Salatin is, you should check him out. He's awesome. But that's the kind of food you should be eating. Good quality food. Local if it can. No like artificial ingredients in it. Yeah. Straight from nature. Yeah. Okay, awesome. Um, so then, you know, most morning routines after that, well, maybe not after, but besides breakfast, you've got some kind of movement or activity. What what do you think is best? Yeah, so a lot of people are going to go to the gym in the morning because they have to, because they work and they can't go later. Mm-hmm. Or they can't go later or they don't want to go at night. Yeah which I don't blame them. Like I, if I, if it's past five o'clock, I'm not going to the gym because there's like 200 people there and I can't do anything anyways. I'm just right. standing around waiting the whole time. Yeah. And I mean, if you've got a family and stuff, it's hard yeah, to. So it's hard for some people, but ideally you want to do your hard workout in the late afternoon, like before dinner, but after lunch, like four o'clock or so. That's when your body is going to be most prepared for it. Um, you'll have a, a better hormone response. Your grip strength is actually better at that time of day than in the morning. So you can lift more. You're less likely to get hurt. It's just like everything is better at that time of day. Hmm. But you should do some kind of exercise in the morning. I just say you should do like light exercise, right? Like I walk. Yeah. That's it. Or right. like some yoga, some stretching something more light that's not really like destroying you, which is kind of funny because Micah and I and some other guys do a Friday morning workout every week at seven o'clock in the morning. It's like 15 degrees. So you're already, your body's already stressed because of the cold response. Always outside. And they're hard workouts. So I'm kind of like a hypocrite, but I only do it once a week. It's fine to be a hypocrite once a week. I think (laughs) I'm going to say it's fine, (laughs) but yeah, ideally you're just doing a more light movement, right? That's Mm -hmm. why I asked you what four to six miles is like for you on your run. It sounds like it's not hard. Yeah. It's usually not too bad. Yeah. That would be very hard for me. (laughs) I wouldn't do that in the morning. Yeah. You got to work up to it. Yeah. I would do it at night. Um, cool. So I mentioned a couple of examples, but just to be clear, yoga, stretching, Walking is great. I mean, you could do a light jog. Again, if you're like a runner like Micah and you're doing 50-mile races, then four miles is nothing to you, and that's fine. 
it, this has to be relative to you, right? But maybe don't go and do like half an hour to an hour's worth of nothing but hill sprints. It's going to be too stressful. Right. So maybe even depending on your fitness, you could just be doing like body weight workouts. Yeah. Like push-ups, squats, yeah, just a few stuff like that. Yep. Just something to get the body moving. You're just trying to get warmed up and moving. Yeah. You're, you're signaling to your brain. So in my book, there's the morning foundation, which are the things that signal to your brain that it's time to wake up. Because if you can get those things right, then your brain knows you're awake and you're like good to go. It's going to create energy. It's going to create the hormones you need to, to get through your day without crashing and being tired by noon. And movement is one of the big ones. It, moving first thing in the morning signals to your brain it's time like we're waking up it's time to go um but again if it's too much movement it's just look if it's the only time you can work out then you should still go work out it's better than not doing it but if you have the luxury to choose do your hard workout later in the day and do something easier in the morning that's all that's all i'm recommending okay so just simple enough yeah yeah yeah, it's not bad. <clears throat> okay, then what about, so as far as movement goes, you know, we've kind of covered it should be, you know, pretty easy. Um, but then, so in your book, you've got a lot of stuff about, like, more intellectual stuff, I guess. There's reading, writing, um, affirmations, like you kind of said, and some stuff like that. Um, I mean, how intense should you go on that kind of stuff then i mean it's up to you how much time do you have and how much do you care about that stuff you know it's supposed to be look all of these things are for your own benefit so if you if you're not getting anything out of it then don't do it like if you're not getting anything out of meditating and you've given it a fair shot then just stop don't do it there's no point in you doing it anymore if it's not doing anything for you. Yeah. I think it will do something for you. So you should give it a fair shot, but that's kind of how all of these things are. So a lot of those, you know, the reading, the affirmations, meditation, uh, I think I have like gratitude practices in there. Yeah. Those kinds of things will spark you mentally so that hopefully when challenges come up, throughout the day or you need to do something that is more thinking intensive you you're kind of warmed up in the morning so you're good to go like your brain's going to function a little better and your thoughts are going to be more clear ideas are going to come more easily so it's just to free up that space in your brain to access that kind of uh flow flow state to be stereotypical does that okay. make sense? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Cool. I don't know. Um, I try and read in the morning, but writing usually I'm just, I don't know. I can't really think of anything to write. It's hard for me to remember if I'm like journaling or something. It's kind of hard to remember everything from the day before. And maybe I just need some practice of actually. Yeah. Reflecting. And you could, I mean, you but could journal at night. These yeah. are things like I suggest you do in the morning. You don't right. have to. But even if you can't think of anything to write, it is like very beneficial for whoever, not just you, anybody, yeah. to sit down for five minutes and just write literally anything that comes to your mind. And it's probably going to like be complete gibberish. But you'll notice as you do it, you'll have more ideas. You'll think more clearly. And like after a month of doing it, the things that you start writing, it might actually make sense. Yeah. I mean, I know that there's supposed to be, you know, lots of famous writers typically woke up super early and, you know, they'd write a whole bunch in the really early hours of the morning and stuff. So I know, you know, in the past, there's lots of stuff pointing to that writing would be good for you in the morning. And maybe it is just getting used to it. You know, they probably did it for years and years. So kind of honed in that skill being ready to write in the morning. Yeah, it's a practice. Most of these things are just practices that take some time before you 
you really start to notice the benefit. Yeah. That doesn't mean there isn't a benefit at some point. <laughs> yeah. Just because you don't notice it like two days in doesn't mean you should give up on it. Right. Like give most of these things. I mean, they say meditation, it takes two to three weeks before you even notice a difference. So try and give most of these things like a month at least to see if there's if there's any difference, if you notice an impact. Okay. Yeah. I mean, a month is a pretty good amount of time for anything to give it a try. Um, so then I was going to ask about the supersets. Um, I know. So the supersets are basically, you know, you can stack different um, parts of your morning routine almost into the same activity. So kind of like, um, I think you said you could consider going on a walk while listening to an audiobook, you know, as kind of doing some reading and going on a walk and also like grounding and stuff like that. But then also, um, you know, just stuff like that. So what kind of things are the most important to get in that you should make sure you're trying to stack, do you think, as far as morning routine? So the most important things I would say are light, movement, um, some kind of, it doesn't necessarily have to be food, but something, even if it's just water, like something you, you take into your body every morning that signals to your brain that you're awake. Um, grounding is really important. Breathing exercises, I'm a big fan of those. So you can you can combine some of these, like you said, like the light movement and grounding. You go for a walk as the sun comes up in bare feet and you're doing all three of those. Yeah. So you just checked all three of those boxes in one activity. Uh, breathing. Breathing exercises are pretty easy to combine with things like visualization or meditating Mm -hmm. or even affirmations. So you can combine those and you're checking all those boxes off in, you know, one activity. So that's how you can take a two hour morning routine and condense it to be 30 minutes. Yeah. And there's a lot more examples in the book, but that's the general idea is how can you stack these different activities together to be efficient i guess because not everybody has two hours most people don't have two hours in the morning yeah like you have to get the stuff done in a limited amount of time before you need to like get your kids to school or go to work or whatever so yeah and you can only get up so much earlier every morning yeah and i will i will say you should never sacrifice your sleep for your morning routine so i'm not a fan of like we'll just wake up at five o'clock instead I go, okay, that's fine if you're going to go to bed at 7 or like <laughs> 8 so you still get the right amount of sleep, you know. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, learn how to do the stuff you want to do in a shorter amount of time so you don't have to wake up at 5. Okay, yeah. That's smart, being able to condense them a little bit. Which is another thing we could talk about. What time do you wake up usually? Do you okay? So I guess this is a better way to ask it. Do you use an alarm clock, or are you just waking up naturally? Um, I'm using an alarm clock right now. Usually, when it starts to get colder, I need the alarm clock. But yeah. in the summer, I can usually just get up. That makes sense because light is such a huge signal to wake up. Yeah. And in the winter, there's not as much light. Yeah. Which is interesting because you actually need more sleep in the winter than in the summertime. Hmm. Your body does better. Um, with less sleep in the summer than it does in the winter hmm. is that just because of the light then yeah because you're getting more light in the yep. summer yeah hmm. okay so yeah i'm using an alarm clock right now um i usually try and get up uh right around six sometimes i i generally set my alarm clock for just before six i don't like setting my alarm clock for um, like exact times, like six o'clock or six or five or six ten. So if you're waking up at about six, and I don't mean to interrupt you, what uh, time are you going to sleep? Uh, I usually try and get into bed uh, right around ten. So okay, so it's still about eight hours. Yeah, and cool. I mean, you know, now and then I've got a late night. Uh, my gym is actually open till twelve, so sometimes I do go at like ten. Yeah, but definitely not every night. I usually try and get to bed. So. Okay, cool. 
but so you use an alarm clock and it's about six o'clock yep cool that's right i mean that's how most people have to do it right yeah ideally when it comes to waking up you're waking up with the sun and that's kind of how our ancestors did it you know Mm -hmm. and that's how your brain is designed to do it like i said light is such a huge cue for you to wake up it's kind of designed that like the sun's up it's time to wake up mm-hmm. which is why those sunrise walks are important yeah um but most people don't have the luxury of that in today's world yeah yep. i mean in theory you should be going to bed when the sun sets too and right now it's uh six o'clock here and it's like completely dark outside yeah and i'm not going to bed at six o'clock <laughs> yeah, so no way especially because i mean the sun doesn't start rising until you know seven thirty. Yeah. So you'd be sleeping for yeah, 12 hours. Yeah, I'm not into that. But there's people who do it and they like swear by it. Mm-hmm. But see, I'm kind of the opposite where I am continually looking for ways to make it so that I can sleep less just because I want to get more done. But yeah, there's so many people like that, especially like in our stupid world where it's like you have to do everything you can to make as much money as you can. And, you right. know. People are like very driven by our system for things that I'm not going to try and get all like philosophical here, but unimportant things seem to be driving people to do things that are bad for them. And that's one of them is they sacrifice. Like you have these business leaders who are like, I only sleep three hours a night. Elon Musk, I I think I've heard him talk about his sleep schedule. He like doesn't sleep like ever. And maybe he's rich enough that he has some like crazy drug he can take to like reverse the damage. I don't know. But for the normal person, it's not. I just don't think it's worth it. Yeah. Your sleep is so important. It's like way too important to sacrifice. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Not to like hate on what you're doing. Well, no. (laughs) And I know I probably, I mean, if you imagine life where you didn't have to work a job for X amount of hours so you can make X amount of money to pay for all these things that aren't that important if you you know didn't have to make money so you just worked on your home and you grew your own food and all that you'd have plenty of time in the day plus more and you wouldn't have all these things you're running around trying to do so you wouldn't need to sacrifice the part of the problem is just our like the way things are set up have really ruined that kind of uh lifestyle because your job is an hour away on average. So you have to wake up at six o'clock so that you can leave by seven yeah. to get to your job. If you're lucky and you don't have rush hour traffic, so it takes you two hours to get there. And then it's another hour to two hours home through rush hour traffic, which is time you could be sleeping or you could be spending with your family at night, yeah. you know? So part of the problem is we're just set up in a way that forces people to do unhealthy things. Yeah. I mean, exactly. Just the fact that you have to work so much to make enough money to get by so that you only have, you know, a few hours at night and depending on when you wake up a couple hours in the morning to get done anything that you want to do in your personal life and with your family and, you know, any goals that you have. And so it, you know, really fosters and drives people to cut out sleep to stay up super late or get up absurdly early and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, this is why you need to vote for Kanye in twenty twenty four because he's gonna <laughs> fix that. <laughs> How is he gonna fix that? That's it? his platform, man. He's trying to build the society that's like centered around the home. Hmm. Home home centered America. I mean, that wouldn't be a bad thing, home-centered America. But I agree. It'd be very good. So we need a society that does not make their parents, does not make mom and dad or husband and wife travel for hours to get to a job they hate, spending time away from their family. That's one of the good things, I think, about all of this virus stuff is it's forced people to stay home and be around their family yeah sleep a little longer because you just have to get to your laptop you don't have to get to an office right for anyone who 
who's had a big change, you know, there are definitely positives to having to stay home and not go to work and stuff like that. I mean, certainly negatives and worry and stress and stuff, but, you know, being home, like my wife has been working from home and it's been, I know she has a hard time sometimes just because of the lack of interaction, like in the workplace, but um, the fact that she's home and when I get home, she's there and before I leave, she's there, you know, it's, it's definitely nice being able to spend more time together. Yeah, it's great. So. I hope we stay this way. I hope we not only stay this way, but go further this direction. Yeah. I mean, just making work from home a more general thing and more commonplace, I think would be incredible. Yeah. I mean, that would just be, it would be good. Obviously, not having to work at all would be better, but, <laughs> you know, that's basically as close as we Or can at least get. working on things that that are important. Yeah, really matter to you. I I hate to break it to some of you, but working on the next app to send pictures to each other is not important. <laughs> There's a million of them. <laughs> you don't need another Snapchat or Instagram. Yep. We need to destroy them. <laughs> That's a topic for another day. <laughs> now they're not going to let this podcast be on any of their services because <laughs> I said that. Yep. Now we're ruined. Sorry, first episode, and it's already over. Uh, anyways, that whole tangent started from sleeping, I think, or what time you wake up, right? Yeah. So try and wake up if you have the luxury when the sun is coming up, just like with the natural cycles of the earth. Pretend you're sleeping outside in the mountains, and you're just waking up when you wake up. And if you're doing that outside, I um, I guarantee you it's almost always going to be within like 15 minutes of sunrise. Yeah. I don't know. Have you ever experienced that camping? Yeah. Camping, no matter what, I'm up early. And it's like as soon as the sun goes down, you're exhausted. Yeah. You're like so tired. Just ready for bed. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's, that's how it should. I mean, that's the natural way your body works. Yeah. I love being out there camping, especially it just feels, you know like that's how it's supposed to be you get up when the sun is up and you go and do whatever you need to do while you're camping and then you can go to sleep whenever you need to yeah it's great try and recreate that in your house it's hard but like i said you can turn the lights off at night have you ever used one of those sunlight alarm clocks i've I've seen them i've never yeah, used one though i haven't you haven't but i've seen them they okay. look awesome i think the idea behind them is cool yeah so I honestly I mean, don't know a ton about them. If I lived yeah. somewhere, if I lived somewhere that was like dark a lot, I don't know, Finland. Finland is like, there's no sun for like five months or something. Hmm. I would use one of those for sure. Yeah. In fact, I think I, I had a friend, I think it was Finland. And he said he went on a church mission there. And he said that they used like almost everybody has those lamps. Oh, okay. For vitamin D and that kind of thing. I mean, we you almost bought um, just like grow lights, you know, for plants that you have indoors. We almost bought some of those just to put in our regular lights this year. I don't I know if they're the exact too. same, but we thought, you know, if it helps plants grow. Yeah, I've been wanting to do red light therapy. And the red light therapy devices that are meant for like health purposes nutrition purposes are expensive it's like 600 bucks for like a small one mm-hmm. but those growing bulbs are like 30 bucks right and i feel like they're the same thing i mean can they really <laughs> be that don't different know. if it's for plants to help them grow i really tried to do research into this and the answers were so mixed it was like extremes to both ways right there was no but i, I couldn't and it was from people i trust too like good respected nutritionists had different completely different views on it so it was hard to get a hard to get an answer it can't be any worse than just typical fluorescent life-sucking lights yeah i mean it seems like it's the same thing as the red light therapy stuff so i don't know try it i know some people have tried it i've never followed up with them to ask though i should have asked them okay we actually we thought we bought some and then we got home and put them in and we looked at the box and realized they were just regular lights. And we were like, oh, dang it. 
So we almost tried. I'll have to go back and actually get some. But if you do, let me know how it goes. <laughs> yeah, I will. I will. Cool. Red lights are great. We'll get into that another another day. We'll get into that another day after we've all bought these weird growing lights and put them all over our houses. <laughs> and try and we see what happens. Yeah. Okay, so um, I'm going to ask you about two of these chapters, and this is one that I've been thinking about a lot, and it's almost, it's the same thing. You get mixed reviews depending on who you ask. So you've got one for cold exposure and one for heat exposure. And so which do you think is more beneficial or more important? I don't know that I can say one is more important than the other. No. They're both beneficial. Okay. Cold exposure is easier to do because you can take cold showers. And sometimes, especially during a pandemic when your gym sucks, you can't get access to a sauna. <laughs> Apparently, it's fine for everybody to work out on the same machine, but you can't go into the sauna <laughs> together. So. Anyone who doesn't know Chris, he is a big advocate for saunas. I do. I love <laughs> saunas. And they've taken them from me. <laughs> And I will get my revenge one day. This isn't a threat or anything. I'm just saying one day. <laughs> one day I'll get my sauna back. Okay. And I'll it's do whatever it takes. Anywhere that I look to try and find out which one I should do for any given thing. Um, like if I've got an injury or just general recovery or um, different health benefits. Yeah. You can never find a definitive you should do heat exposure or you should do cold exposure for that well they activate a lot of the same pathways in the body so they kind of do i, I don't want to say exactly the same thing but it's very similar so that's probably why mm. because okay. there's really i mean you're getting benefits from both of them yeah okay i'm just trying to again cold exposure is easier you can take cold showers every morning you can do like what we do and work out outside when it's 18 degrees yeah. Um, heat exposure is just harder to do because you either need a sauna that gets really hot or I, I don't even know. You could do a hot tub. But I've read if you do a hot tub, you have to stay in it for like 40 minutes to get the same benefits of a sauna. I mean, how hot does it have to be to be considered heat exposure or like heat? So a sauna is typically like, or not a sauna, sorry, a hot tub is typically like 103 degrees. And like I said, you have to stay in that for like half an hour to get the same benefits you would get in 10 minutes in a sauna. How hot are saunas? Saunas are, it depends. It depends where you're going and the kind of sauna. Hmm. But you're looking at like uh, typically like 150 to 180 degrees. Okay. If you have a traditional sauna where you can like dump water on the heater and break it for everybody in the gym, which is what happens in my gym all the time, <laughs> you can get them hot. I mean, it ruins the heater when they do that, but it does get really hot. I've seen <laughs> the sauna like at 200 degrees before. Oh, man. So then how cold does it have to be for cold exposure? Uh, I would say a cold shower is like the the maximum temperature you would want. Cold shower or colder. I think cold showers are you're looking at like, I don't know. Someone might want to look this up for me. But I'm guessing it's like 50 degrees. Hmm. Do you know? Um, no. I'm trying to look it up and it's just saying anything below 70 is considered a cold shower. Okay. Well, there you go. But so then another question along the same lines, which because I've actually been considering this. I live right next to the Provo River, and I've thought, you know, people take ice baths. Why not, after my hard runs, go sit in the river? And, you know, winter's starting, so it's going to be super cold. It doesn't freeze over, but it's going to be freezing. So how cold is too cold, and at what point do you need to worry about, you know, hypothermia and stuff like that? So... There are different schools of thought on this. And I would consider myself, when it comes to cold therapy, a disciple of Wim Hof. 
who is a madman and would probably say there's no such thing as too cold. But I would say if you're going to do something like that, I think it's awesome to go to a natural water source and use that for your cold exposure. But it's usually way colder than a cold shower, right? Yeah. Um, Even in a river, like the Provo River in wintertime is probably like under 30 degrees. Yeah. It's cold. So you need to build up to that. Which means you got to do the cold showers. You got to go outside when it's cold, like just in shorts or whatever. Yeah. And learn how to deal with it then. Because you don't want to, I mean, that river is probably not very deep and you're probably going to be okay. But you don't want to like get into the, you know, 15 degree lake and your body like goes into shock and you drown. (laughs) Like that's right. It's bad, obviously. I don't recommend people drown. (laughs) That would I highly recommend against it. (laughs) So I don't think that, I mean, this is not medical advice or anything, but I don't think you can get too cold as long as you have like built up to it. Okay. Um, From what I'm seeing, this says Pearl River stays around 50 degrees year round. Wow. Really? But still though, that's colder than your shower, man. Yeah. It's going to be. And it does seem warm for winter but um i mean as long especially if you've worked up worked up to it if you're only submerging like your legs for an ice bath or whatever you're not even going completely under anything you should be fine i would think yeah yeah you should be okay Hmm. i mean that's another good way to practice is put your feet in to start I think Wim Hof, yeah. when he's talking about ice baths, that's what he suggests is you just put your feet in and then, you know, you slowly build up until you're like fully submerged, but it takes some time to get used to that. Okay. So which one do you like better? The Between heat? cold and heat? Yeah, cold and heat exposure. Oh, I don't I know. know you love the saunas, but yeah, I know you really like Wim Hof's I love cold both. stuff. I love both. I I probably like cold exposure more. Well, how do I want to put this? I like I like heat more. Saunas are my favorite. I did Bikram yoga for like every day for like four years, oh, wow. which is like 110 degrees mm-hmm. for an hour and a half. So I really like heat, but um, I don't know. There's something about cold exposure that's just like so like primal, I guess. Yeah, I feel the cold exposure feels a lot more powerful. That's how I'll put it. I mean, I think you definitely have to um, really commit and push yourself harder if you're gonna stick with cold exposure. Yeah, just because it's not as easy. It doesn't feel. It doesn't seem as comfortable as heat exposure because you know being warm, sitting in a hot tub for forty five minutes. That doesn't really sound like you're sacrificing yeah. anything. <laughs> it's not that big of a deal. But then. Turning your shower to cold instead of leaving it on hot for the whole shower or whatever. It's terrible every single time. Yep. No matter what you do. It takes feel so away. good after. Yeah. Okay. I can see that then. You so, know, just I love hot. I love hot. I love heat exposure. But cold, there's just no matching the power of the cold. <laughs> if you want to unleash your hidden primal power, you got to get in the cold. Cold water. Okay. I will say after a workout, it's better for heat. It's better to do heat. You should wait like an hour or two after your workout if you're going to do cold exposure because it will get rid of all the inflammation in your body. And if you're trying to build muscle, you want the inflammation. It kind of stops that whole process of building muscle. Hmm. So it's okay. Like if you're doing two workouts a day and you need to recover really quickly for your second workout, then it's fine. But if you're trying to like build muscle, it's best to like let that post-workout response happen for an hour or two and then do the cold exposure. Hmm. Okay. But heat you can do right away. Yeah. And it helps recovery a lot. Yeah. I need to get, I've seen, um, there's something called the meteor. It's like a, 
it's just a ball but you essentially use it like you would a foam roller but it has heat you can heat it up oh that sounds nice and it's actually local uh professor byu who is a uh marathon runner he runs on the u.s olympic team he's one of the founders of it oh nice and so um, sounds cool i've wanted to try it i've seen it at like the local running store um and i tried it out like once in store but i haven't gotten it yet hmm. so maybe i should try that sounds out. sounds interesting rolling with heat. If anybody's tried that let us know yeah let us know if you enjoy it might be beneficial yeah well you got any other questions I think those are the main questions I have cool. for, you know, what's important to have in your morning routine. Yeah. I guess definitely one of the main things is that you just should, you know, try and have some kind of consistent thing that you do every day. Yeah. Do something. Yeah. Even if it's like, I don't know, you do like 10 jumping jacks when you get out of bed. Just do something every day. Right. You don't need to spend an hour doing anything or have 10 different things you get done every yeah. single morning. But if you do it every day, it'll build up and be beneficial. But if you want to pack a lot of stuff into your morning and you want to do it efficiently and know why you should be doing it, there just happens to be this great book called Morning Shouldn't Suck written by me. <laughs> you should you should check it out. Where do they go to that? Morningroutines.co there's a link on my Twitter. If you're following me on Twitter, C.H. Hardman, you'll find it there. Okay. Look, my Twitter is eventually going to be back to like more health related stuff. Right now, if you go to my Twitter, it's going to be it's going to be chaos. <laughs> you know what? I take it back because I've been saying that for like three years and it's never gone back. So <laughs> it's just going to be chaos forever. But you still throw health stuff in. Yeah, I still sometimes. throw health stuff in. But just know you're in for a lot more than that. <laughs> and maybe we'll talk about some of it one day. Maybe. Basically, what we're doing here is we're going to, at least in the way we've talked about it, we're just going to pick topics we want to learn about that we find interesting, and we're going to talk about them. Is that fair? Is that a fair description? Yeah. It yeah, sounds simple, but I, think I mean, that's what we want to do. That's our main thing is we just kind of want to, you know, be able to explore a bunch of different a huge range of things, you know, that interest us or interest other people. Exactly. If I learn even better. And a lot of it will be health related because we're both into that. Mm-hmm. But who knows what else we could talk about. Yeah. I mean, if there's anything anyone wants to hear us talk about, you know, we'll do the research for you, basically. Yeah. Yeah. We'll talk about. Let us know stuff. what you want us to, to learn about. And we'll talk about it. Look, I'll even talk about flat earth. (laughs) You guys want to hear about flat earth? I will become a flat earth expert. (laughs) I will convince the whole world the earth is flat. (laughs) I'm not a flat earther right now, but I'm just saying. We can talk about it. He's willing to go the distance. (laughs) We can can talk about (laughs) it. Okay. Yeah. I mean, if you have anything, let us know. Uh, Either one of our Twitters. C.H. Hardman or Running Micah. Um, we'll try and do some research and uh, put an episode out and, you know, learn something new and maybe form some opinions and stuff. Yeah. I have lots of opinions. I can do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Got plenty. I still need to get some, I guess, but. I'll, go, I'll get you. <laughs> I'll get you the right ones. I don't want you drifting down the road of wrong opinions. <laughs> right. I'll make sure you're. I'll That's make sure you're all right. Path. Yeah. Well, anything else? I think we've gone all. over an hour. Okay. Pretty decent amount of time. Yeah, I think that's a. Look, I'm I'm shooting for, um, what's a history podcast? Do you know what podcast I'm talking about? There's a history, but hardcore history. And I think the episodes are like 10 hours long. Really? So that's what I'm shooting for. Man. We're going to talk about 10 hours. Even Joe Rogan goes over two hours and sometimes uh, it's too long for me. That sounds like your problem. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, maybe there are people out there who apparently <laughs> if there's a ten hour podcast then people must listen to it. I've actually never listened to it, so <laughs> maybe not. Uh cool. We're gonna go get some dinner. Yeah. I'm hungry. Thanks for tuning in. Yeah. One more time. What's your Twitter? Running Micah. That's this is the best uh, way to get a hold of me, at least is Twitter. I don't know about Micah. What about you? Uh probably Twitter. Twitter? Yeah. yeah. So running Micah. I'm C H Hardman. H A R D M A N. Uh so come talk to us. Tell yeah. us what you think. Let us know. And uh if you have any ideas or yeah, feedback, let us know what you thought of the episode. Yeah, we're open. We're open to anything. And if you think of a name for us. Yeah, that's true. We're still nameless. I mentioned that at the start. Somebody come up with a name for us. <laughs> I'm not creative enough to come up with a name. I don't want to do that. <laughs> Micah, do you want to come up with a name? I don't know. I used to be creative. And I don't uh, think I ever was. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. I'm I'm kind of working back into it a little bit, but we'll see. I don't know. All right. Well, we'll try and come up with a name. But in the meantime, if you come up with a name, let us know. Yeah. Maybe we'll use it. For now. Maybe we'll laugh. But For now, it's just Chris and Micah's Nameless Podcast. Yep. Thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks. Bye. See ya. <laughs> <laughs>